0: Well, welcome again to our Sunday broadcast here at All Nations Church Bedford. We are so pleased that you've joined with us again today. Do stay with us. We pray that even now you will encounter something of the deep love of Jesus Christ for you as we listen together to his word. Today, we have set our focus on giving thanks to God. And I hope you were as encouraged as I was as we listened to those amazing things that he's enabled us to do over these last few months. What an incredible story, even in the midst of lockdown, of the things that his grace has released through us. And I don't know whether this is just my experience, but what we soon realize is that giving thanks does release joy, but it also stirs faith for stepping into new things in the purposes of God. And perhaps more than ever, we need to do this as we walk through these disorientating and in many ways disruptive days. Maybe to some of you watching right now, this might sound a really weird thing to do in the midst of these circumstances, to give thanks to God. I've heard people say this. What is there to give thanks for in 2020? This year just stinks and I'll be glad when it's over. And I guess probably all of us, maybe at times, have had little feelings like that. But, you know, as honest and real as that statement might be for some of us, it shows that something has got damaged inside. The heart, that's the bit of us that really is us, has become hard and bitter. And you know what? That really messes us up. And from experience, It doesn't make us good to be around. It also shows, more importantly, that we've lost sight of who God is and what he's done in our lives. And so giving thanks to God is actually an invitation for you and for me to come back to him and to centre your life once more on his goodness and his mercy. It's not just about thanking him for the stuff we get from him, although truly there is much to give thanks for. It's primarily and firstly about celebrating who he is and honouring him as the creator and Lord and saviour of the world. One of the many psalms that encourages us to give thanks to the Lord is Psalm 100. And I just want to read a couple of verses to you right now, verses four and five. But the, the whole psalm is just a great psalm. And this is what we read. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues Through all generations. Wow! That's why we should praise the Lord, because he's good. That's why we should thank him, because his love endures forever. That's why we should rejoice, because his faithfulness continues through all generations. And as humbling as this is, it makes us realize that without God's goodness and grace in our lives, we have nothing. In fact, this is even harder to take, but we are nothing without him. But giving thanks to God is the overflow of being a rejoicing people. And you know, that's one of our cultures as All Nations Church, to rejoice in the Lord daily. But it also means we get the privilege of giving thanks to him whatever circumstances we are walking through. So I just want to spend a few moments now helping us to do that again and getting us back on track. And I hope at the end of this, we'll be in a place of wanting to really go in thanksgiving, but to give ourselves afresh to all that our Heavenly Father has for us in the season ahead. So the first thing I want to encourage us to do as we give thanks is to remember. Being thankful starts by remembering who the Lord is and yes, what he has done. I so love thinking about Jesus and about his great sacrifice for us on the cross. I I, I love the fact that he's personally involved himself in my life and what he did those thousands of years ago, but still today has power and life for all, has, has broken into my life and changed me. I need to remember that daily. And I love what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter five and verses 16 to 18. Maybe we could um, pledge together to make this almost like a start of the day verse that will encourage us for everything that goes on in the day. But this is what Paul writes in these passages, in these verses. He says, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do you know, remembering to do that, even as we begin the day, would change everything. Can you imagine tomorrow morning, Monday, you know, the dreaded M word. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. So whatever your day is going to hold, you're determined, I'm going to be joyful in the Lord. I am gonna find those moments to pray and, and, and bring him into my day. I'm gonna give thanks whatever the circumstances come my way because he's good. Wow, wouldn't that transform our lives? It's about remembering, remembering that God is good. I'm also grateful to God that in his mercy, he's given us what I call rhythm and routine, feast and festival by which we can remember And rejoice in him. That's why we have seasons. That's why we have festivals like Christmas and Easter and Pentecost and harvest and all those kind of things. It's his grace to us because actually he knows that because of the way that sin has twisted our lives and and, and affected the way we think that whether life is good, bad or indifferent, we are inclined to forget him and his goodness. And so we need to be very intentional about remembering. You know, I'm getting to that point where I have to write down everything that I want to remember. And that way, instead of trying to remember all the things I need to do, I just need to remember where I've put my list. My wife is absolutely brilliant at being intentional about birthdays and anniversaries and special occasions. She's absolutely brilliant. She's got a special calendar. She's intentional in remembering these things. And I think we need the same attitude when it comes to remembering who God is and what he's done. It's not also the fact that we're just bad at remembering, you know. It's also the fact that we seem naturally good at remembering the wrong things. You know, 100 good things can happen to us in a day, and one bad thing, and yet I can guarantee we are naturally drawn to that one bad thing. It's just like a spot of oil on a beautiful white dress. It doesn't matter how much the dress is white everywhere else. If you see that spot of oil, you're drawn to it. I have um, very fond memories of a a lovely great aunt of mine. Fantastic name, Aunt Ethel. And uh, we had lots of fun with her, spent lots of life with her spent time actually living in her house as a a couple when we were first married. But you know, one of the things that my aunt sometimes would let happen is the one bad thing derailing her day. And I remember one day that Ginny and myself had come back from work and we came in and we said, hi, Aunt Ethel, how's it been? And she looked with this very glum face and she said, oh, it's been terrible, she said. And we thought, oh my word, what's happened? Are you all right? Have you fallen? Have, has something bad? Has someone been in and robbed you? What's happened? She said, I burnt my cabbage. Oh, I burnt my cabbage, she said. But it's okay, because I cleaned it up. Right, okay. That one thing, mind you, I've got to be honest with you, that might be the best thing to do with Cabbage. Burn it. Anyway, that's another story. But you know, the burnt cabbage had ruined the day. Human nature that's not submitted to the Holy Spirit will always drift towards the negative. And so that's why we need God's help to remind us of him and his ways. And that's why he's so faithful to us in doing that. That's why we have his word, the Bible. I know so many preachers will be about, come on, we need to read the word of God. But I wanna say to you even more importantly, in this season where we're not connecting together in the way that we once were able to, we need the word of God to feed us every day. We also have those times, and I know we can't gather in the room in quite the same way, although praise God for the first steps that that we are beginning to try and take. We, We still have those moments where we can connect one of these moments right now, broadcast. I know it's not the same, but we need to gather, to focus together, to have fellowship in whatever form we can get it right now so that we can remind ourselves afresh of God's goodness and provision towards us. Can I just gently challenge you? If you've become fast and loose, about meeting, even be it this way. And I know we can have all sorts of reasons why we don't like broadcasts and why we don't like this kind of thing. We need to gather in worship together in some shape or form. It helps us. And I wanna encourage us all to set this as a priority. Don't play fast and loose with it. We also have acts like communion. We we celebrated that last week, didn't we? where we get to remember Jesus, we get to remember his amazing sacrifice, the most amazing events in history, his death and his resurrection. And we we get to remind ourselves that we are the recipients of his saving power. I wanna encourage us to not to avoid doing those events. I know it's difficult at the moment, but do you know what? We can make them special, even in this time, if we just commit ourselves to putting it as a priority in our lives. And of course, I want to invite us, as I constantly do, to begin our day and end our day in the power of the Holy Spirit. Invite him to come in. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Come and and help me remind myself of all the things that you're doing. So, let's remember to remember the goodness of God. Let's remember But that leads me to the second thing. Yes, we need to remember, but then we need to actually give thanks. Rejoicing comes from a heart that is grateful. But taking time to say thank you and act thankful is the fuel of rejoicing. In fact, I want to say that that all these things, rejoicing, thankfulness, praise, they're all joined as one in the Bible and they're they're the fuel of things like revival. They're the fuel of life to us. But we have to be intentional about giving thanks. There's a great passage in the Gospels in Luke chapter 17 about Jesus healing 10 men who had leprosy. But, you know, at the end of that time, these men had been totally transformed by Jesus in healing them of the leprosy. But what we read is that only one came back to thank Jesus. Now, you know, I'm sure that those other nine were also grateful. But it never made its way onto their lips into thanksgiving. Listen, we are not just to be grateful we're to give thanks. As we know, you cannot separate all these things from one another, but you know, thanksgiving should be one of the most distinctive marks of a believer in Christ, alongside rejoicing and praise. It should almost define who we are in the eyes of other people. But you know, thanksgiving is not a spiritual gift. It's not something that we get downloaded by the Holy Spirit. It doesn't come through someone laying hands on us, not that we can actually do that at this time. No, we have to train ourselves in the Lord to give thanks. Our grandson Micah is at this lovely age. He's just about beginning to sort of get some words. But we're also at that, at that phase that when he now receives something, we, we, we say, say thank you, and uh, when he's asking for something, please. And, And I know it sounds kind of mechanical, but children learn that way. And as God's children, we also need to train ourselves to be thankful. So I want to say to us right now, don't even settle for passive gratitude. Well, you know, I feel grateful on the inside. God knows what's in my heart. No, I want to say to you, give thanks. Giving thanks is a choice. And I know there are times when we don't feel like it, but that's why it's a choice. You see, thankfulness is not primarily about our feelings. It's an act of love and obedience that we get to do even when we're in pain, even when we're hurting, even when we're walking through stuff that doesn't seem very good, it helps us to center our focus and our lives back on Him. And so we need to start there by giving thanks. And do you know what? I, I want to encourage us um, to make some patterns in our day to do this. It's interesting that many of the old offices in the church like morning prayer or evening prayer or different different sort of watches throughout the day. We're all about getting people to focus on God and his goodness. I want to encourage you that the first thing you do in the morning is give thanks to God. It, it, it might come through sleepy eyes and, and, and all the kind of the, the trouble that we sometimes have getting out of bed in the morning. But to thank him that you have another day is a great place to start. And likewise, at the end of the day, let the last words on your lips be thanks. Why don't you train yourself to do that? It becomes such a good thing to do. I'm a really, really firm believer in saying grace at mealtimes. I don't know why, but it seems to have gone out of fashion a little bit in some places. Even in Christian circles, it's almost like, oh, we don't want to be too legalistic. Maybe we're also aware that sometimes we've all sat through very long graces and our food has gone cold and it's kind of messed up the meal a little bit. But you know what? We don't have to say grace at the beginning. We can say grace at the end. But I'm I'm, I'm also aware that as we do that, we can tell of the goodness of God. We can share stories over the meal table. I'm a really big believer that that's such an important thing to do. And, and I realise for some of us who are on our own right now, I, I, I'm aware that this might sound very difficult, but I wanna encourage you even there to, in that time, to give thanks to God. And especially if you've got families, make it a time where you get together. Can I say this? If you're a TV on in the background family, when it comes to mealtime, turn it off, gather together, say thank you, tell the stories of God's goodness. And I think it's so important that we set these patterns in our day. And let me tell you why. Because we are in a society right now that would, I think, naturally tend to be ungrateful and complaining. A society where the culture of entitlement predominates. It's my right to receive this. I'm worth this. So actually, I don't need to be thankful. And social media just fuels that and makes it easy for people to be complaining and opinionated without any thought for its effect. To be honest, it's very toxic. It also fuels bitterness and selfishness and dissatisfied hearts. And that all comes from a place of ingratitude. And I also know it's a relationship killer. The Holy Spirit can also be quenched by ingratitude. So, come on, as God's people, let's be different. We must count our blessings. We must give thanks. We must let it come out. Rejoicing is the overflow of thankfulness, where grumbling and gratitude is the overflow of selfishness. We don't want to be flowing from that place. We want to come from thankful hearts. The third thing I want to say that will help us is, Let thankfulness open the door to blessing. We're commanded to give thanks in all circumstances, aren't we? Not for all circumstances of themselves being good, because sometimes they're not, but we are commanded to give thanks in those circumstances. But what thanksgiving does is something quite incredible. It opens the door of heaven to bring goodness, provision, and favour into our places of lack and need. When I, in my lack, or in the places where I'm, I'm struggling right now, where I'm, I'm, I'm in great need, come to God in thanksgiving, it changes my perspective. Suddenly, my lack or my need is not just a burden or a pain, it now becomes an opportunity to release the goodness of God and bring what is in heaven upon the earth. And you know, I see this quite a lot in the life of Jesus, and I, I, I just know we need to follow his example in this. One of the great places where that is most beautifully seen is when he's feeding the 5,000. You can read about that in places like Matthew 14 or John 6. You know the story. Thousands out in the countryside, no food. Jesus says, give them something to eat. And all they have available is a little boy's packed lunch of five loaves and two fish. And of course, what they do is they bring that to Jesus. And it's a little detail, and sometimes we miss it. But when it's brought to Jesus, what does Jesus do? He gives thanks and then breaks it and distributes it. And in that moment of Jesus giving thanks, it's almost like the abundance of heaven is released. And suddenly there's so much provision, there's baskets full left over. I am so encouraged by that. Don't miss that little detail. Don't miss the fact that when we are in lack, when we are in that place of need, we get still the privilege of giving thanks, which is about opening heaven's door for provision and breakthrough. Where are you right now? Where are you encountering things that you know you need to have changed or the lack in your life that needs to be turned around? Bring your lack into his presence with thanksgiving in your heart. He will do it in his way. Don't don't put the door, as it were, so narrow that it can only come through this way and not any other ways. No, no, he'll do it his way. But thanksgiving is the key to releasing the blessing of God. And finally, pass on the stories of things that God has done because that creates a thankful heart. What we celebrate, we communicate. What we rejoice in, we pass on, especially to the next generation. I want to encourage us to speak very openly of what the Holy Spirit is doing. Wasn't it great to, to, to see some of those stories today? Pass them on, talk about them. And let me say this to you, if you can't find stories of your own, of how God is working in your life, then tell other stories. I don't mind you telling my stories, but you know, you'll soon get bored of those. And my experience is this, that when you start telling other stories, you will quickly get some stories of your own to pass on to other people. One of the cultures that we set up during talking about what God's promised to us in revival is that we, we said we were going to confess Jesus Christ publicly every day. We were going to speak well of him. We were going to speak the gospel. We were going to find ways of communicating what he's doing. I want to encourage us to, re- to do that in all the circumstances that we find ourselves in. The Bible is also very, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Very kind of clear and determined to us about teaching our children the ways of the Lord. Children quickly pick up what is important to us as adults. What they find us celebrating and rejoicing in and making much of will also become important for them. Christianity, humanly speaking, He's always one generation away from extinction. Of course, God has promised that he will draw from all generations of people for himself. But it's still true that each generation must learn these things afresh. And while we have a heritage in God, every generation, including ours, must bring fresh faith to receive it. God does not have any grandchildren or great-grandchildren. We are not born Christians. Therefore, it's our responsibility to pass these truths on. And I want to encourage us to do that. Parents, please teach your children the Bible. Open the book with them. As a church, we have stories to tell of God's faithfulness, how God brought us into being in this town and what he continues to do. Please talk about them. Encourage each other with these things. I'm so grateful to my mum and dad for modelling this to my brother and myself as we grew up. we, we, We would hear the stories of God at work, how he was working in their lives, in the church's lives, in the lives of others. It changed my expectation and perspective. And we tried to do the same with our children. Own this truth for yourself. And I want to just give us some moments now just to stand and and to take these moments to commit ourselves again to being a thankful people. Just stand where you are. Maybe, firstly, you need to understand that you've allowed your heart to go hard. And this is a moment just for you to confess and say, Lord Jesus, I'm really, really sorry that I've allowed my heart to be hardened. Just invite the Holy Spirit to come and soften you right now. And let's just together dedicate ourselves. Lord, we're going to give ourselves to be a thankful people and to let it stir us to do great exploits for the glory of Jesus in our day. Lord, Release the Holy Spirit right now in favour and in power and in rejoicing. Let us be a thankful people for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to invite you just before I go to type in. We want to talk to you. If you want to know any more about following Jesus, we would love to help you. The Lord bless you.